Hi, my name's Katie. I'm a certified life coach, mother of four, prince, lover, and seeker of joy. Every week, I'm going to give you tools, tips, and tricks to create joy in your everyday life. Based typically on the law of assumption, but we go through other ways as well. So if you want to experience joy in your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday life, come on, let's go. Hello, beloved. How are you? I hope you're doing fan-fucking-tastic. I know I am. I feel very rested. Even though I didn't have a lot of sleep last night, I feel super duper rested. It's odd how energy, we store energy reserves or how our thoughts can create our energy reserves because I didn't get much sleep, but I told myself, doesn't matter. I don't need it. I can do this. I got this. And I often tell myself, girl, just hold on until 4, 4.30. And then if you want, you can take a nap. Or if you can't make it, you can take a nap at lunchtime. You got this. So <laughs> I don't know about you. Do you guys get into the midday nap situation? I love midday naps. I have to limit myself to 15 minutes. Otherwise, I will wake up like a bitchy beast. They don't, my family jokes, don't wake the bear. <laughs> like, no, just a little 15 minutes. And then I've learned that's my limit in the nap world. So how did your week go last week? How did it go? What did you do? Did you journal? Of course you did, because you love to journal, right? I love journaling anyway. That's how I uncover me. That's how I see what's going on in my mind. And if you see what's going on in your mind, then you can see what you're creating, because thoughts and feelings become Words, words become what? Actions. And actions become results, creations, manifestations, whatever the fuck you want to call it. So everything carries a vibration and everything builds on top of another, of another Lego stacking we're doing. So how was your stacking last week? Did you stack things in your favor or did you stack things uh, that made you super emotional or did you create? Because we could create things that we don't necessarily like. I did that all last month. I saw where I created it and was like, dang, girl, you got to watch what you say. But everything is for our good, right? I must be receiving a lesson out of this. I'm going to receive a lesson. I won't know till I look back. But I look forward to the lesson because growth is our ultimate goal, right? There's no destination. Death is the destination, correct? That's the only place we can guarantee we're all going. We're going to die. So in the meantime, I just thought of that song, In the Meantime, <laughs> by Space Hog. In the meantime... Just my mind, sorry, I get distracted. I could think music lyrics. Everything leads to a song for me. That's the way my brain is wired. I've wired it that way. I'm okay with that. That's how I cope. But everything's for my good. So in the meantime, we're here to just enjoy the journey. Enjoy it. What are we creating? What do we want to experience? And I, we get about doing that. I must have wanted to experience something on that level or I wouldn't have created it. I wouldn't have spoken out of my mouth or had the thought. I take responsibility for that. So last week, I also want to discuss. Last week was super emotional for moi. I 
have a bunch of beautiful souls in my life, as do you. And a lot of these beautiful souls had people that passed away in their lives, whether it be uh, like fathers or mothers, uh, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. This month started, dang, we're only a few days in at the time I'm recording this, and all this emotional uh, sorrow and upheaval. And it just makes me want to hug them so much and just send warmth. Because when somebody goes through that, they have to go through their own process. As we talked about before, sometimes you want to feel sad and grieve. And I'm sure that's what they want to feel right now. If somebody told them, oh, cheer up, buttercup, it'll pass, be happy, they'd probably be like, shut the fuck up, <laughs> because they want to feel sad. And I want to feel sad for them. And I know that me feeling sad won't uh, make them process their emotions any faster, or it doesn't do anything in the way of their thought process. But that's how I want to show up in the world. Remember, it's all about how do we want to show up? Does it serve me? It serves me to feel sorrow when someone I love is hurting or care about is hurting. That's how I want to show up in the world. That's what I want to create. I want to create a version of me that has compassion and empathy. And I'm a person as being an empath who tends to feel empathy for others super strong. Sometimes where I wish I could turn it down because I feel that I experience their emotions in my body. For those of you who are highly sensitive or empaths, you completely understand where I'm coming from. For those of you other 80% of the population who don't experience that or don't have your mirror neurons that fire that way, you're probably like, this bitch is cray cray. And sure, she feels like that. <laughs> but that's your business. This is my business. And I know from personal experience, that's just what I encounter and I'm okay with that. It's a beautiful thing. It makes me feel things super deep and Grief is one of them, but joy is also one of them. So it's a beautiful thing. Anyway, as I was saying, so my friends have been experiencing sorrow and my own, I didn't experience as much sorrow over this, just reflection. I came upon the anniversary of the passing of my father and it just made me reflect and think about how far I've come since then, because it's been 20 years since my dad passed. And it's been such a blessing to experience him as a father. And so that's what I want to talk about today is my experience with my dad, because he's the one who led me to thought work in a way. And Let's get on to the soul truth first because I already pulled the top. It just, I opened the box and what was on top from last week after I put it underneath. And it's just let me know that my intention for this week was on point because the card this week is Who am I ready to forgive? And you'll understand this in my story later, but Who am I ready to forgive? The card says. And it's a beautiful purple today. So, Who am I ready to forgive? To flip it. I'm not what happened to me. I am who I choose to become. C.J. Jung. That's a quote. So the card says, Is it time to let go, forgive, and move onward? Is your soul ready to forgive some, excuse me, someone else or yourself? 
Forgiveness brings sweet release, freedom, and insight. Look at it from their shoes. Notice how you grew and what you learned. Who do you want to become and how is this resistance holding you from what your soul wants? Today's soul action, write a forgiveness letter, then practice the whole, I can never say this, the whole opono ono prayer today while thinking of the person you're ready to forgive. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. So who are you needing to forgive in your life? When I say that, you immediately know. Somebody comes to mind and you know who it is. So write a forgiveness letter to them. Why do you need to forgive them? And then I want you to write another one, forgiving yourself, because we need to forgive all. I'm a huge person into near-death experiences. I love to study them and see what people learn. And I think the general consensus that I find when I watch near-death experiences is that everybody that comes back, whether they're agnostic, atheist, Christian, Buddhist, uh, Hindu, whatever, they all come back and they testify to discovering that love is all there is. Love is all there is. So on reflection of my dad, uh, I was watching one this weekend, a near-death experience, because like I said, I like to watch these. And one of the experiences was of a woman and she was talking, and this relates to our card, that's why I bring it up. She was talking about forgiveness. And when she looked back over her life, when God appeared to her and showed her her life, he said to her, or he, she didn't, she said that she received him as a he just because he was so powerful, but she realized he was super nurturing too. So it could have been a woman or a man energy. So I don't want you to get attached to the 3D perception you have in your mind of what God is. Just go with this. So God pervade to her that when she looked back over her life, he, he, she showed her, the all-powerful God, showed her that her good deeds rippled out, which we've discussed here before, that even little things that she thought were insignificant, actually all those things is what she saw. The things that were she forgot about, they were so in, insignificant to her. Those created the biggest ripples where she didn't see at all things that she thought that she had done good. Those weren't even uh, shown to her whatsoever. But the big lesson that she took away was that two things. One, your thoughts create, which is what we talk about here every week. Your thoughts create because your thoughts are one vibration. Your words are another vibration and your actions are yet another vibration. And she saw that the hardest thing that we all have on this planet is not to think negative thoughts of another because energy can never be destroyed. So when you think a negative thought of somebody, and we're all guilty of this shit, I know I am. <laughs> when you think a negative thought of somebody, it pushes out just like everyone is you pushed out. We're the meaning makers of who they are, but that energy sticks to them and then boomerangs and sticks on you creating further evidence that that's who they are. And so it gloms onto them. And when you forgive, 
as in the card, who am I ready to forgive? It releases that and transmutes it. It alchemizes it into light and it alchemizes the energy charged on you, that negative glob on you and turns that into light as well. And it also cuts that, severs that cord in a sense, because when you cast out that negative energy or that darkness that clings on to others, it creates a cord between you and them that you both are tethered to each other everywhere you go. So forgiveness is not just about you. It's about the other person as well, because you released that person from the paradigm that's holding them back so that they will no longer perpetuate the behavior that you need to forgive them for. And it will free you from perceiving them in that light. And it frees you up from blockages that you have and negative attachments that you have. The best book that I've ever read, and I've brought this up before, is Conversations with God. It talks about this in such detail. And I recommend the audio version just because, like I said, God goes back and forth between man and woman. And it's it's an amazing experience. So check it out. I'm telling you, if you don't walk away, if you're an avid reader, I'm an avid reader. If you don't walk away feeling some type of peace or fulfillment or calm, like an inner knowing about that book, then that's your business. But for me, I reread it like twice a year at least because it just, it, it expands me totally. Anyway, so the card, how it relates to me and who am I ready to forgive back to my dad. It was the 20th anniversary of his passing and it's odd. I never think of him on the day he passed. I know that sounds horrible maybe to some. I always think of him on his birthday because his day of passing, if I did think of it, it would be a day of liberation or freedom of, for him. And the reason I say that is because one, my dad had cancer and he was in immense pain and my dad was very active. And so that released him to be free to run and do all the things that he loved to do. But the biggest reason I was so happy for my dad is because my dad suffered from schizophrenia. And I do say suffered because I could just tell in his demeanor that he did not love himself very much. When I was younger, like very young, my dad was super happy all the time. He was very soft-spoken. He had a warm, friendly smile. Sorry if I get emotional. But he was just a beautiful soul. But through drug use and addiction, uh, he, I believe that that's what enacted his schizophrenia because his mother also suffered from this illness. Anyway, so he got it later in life because typically when you have schizophrenia, you develop it in your teenage to early, early twenties. And my dad was in his thirties. And so it was very shocking as a young child to see my dad start to have the emotional reactions that he did to things or always uh, be hearing things that weren't there. And he would get so paranoid and defensive and angry. And it was just very unsettling to me where I was always a daddy's girl and to see someone unravel before your eyes and become somebody totally different. He was very abusive physically and verbally towards my mother. 
Um, I saw things that a young child should never have to see. My brother and I did. And um, my brothers also later in life, I had two more brothers and they had to experience things as well. But I feel like I know now that I saw these things and experienced the most because I was super strong and I asked for these experiences before I came to this planet because that's the way that I wanted to grow. That's the way I wanted to expand myself and I asked for these experiences. I know that I made soul contracts before I came here and this is something that I asked for so that I could experience love and uh, forgiveness in this type of way. So, but at the time when you're going through that, you don't think that shit at all. So watching my dad and observing him, that's one of the first lessons I learned is how your thoughts create your reality because his thoughts were always telling him that people were out to get him and that he was not safe and that he was not lovable and that he had to be fearful. And looking back, I have compassion. Living in it, I did not have any compassion. I was so angry growing up. I resented him so bad. I resented my mother for creating an environment where we had to exist with him. And it was just not a pleasant experience that I, I just wasn't a pleasant experience. But out of that experience, here's where everything is for me. My parents divorced when I was super young because of that, as my dad's mental illness. And I went to go live with my grandma who became an angel in my life. She is the most, if I had to relay in physical sense what people describe Jesus or Buddha or whoever is like ultimate loving and kindness, it would be my grandmother. She was so unconditionally loving, so compassionate, so soft. And I'm grateful for that experience because I wouldn't have that any other way. And I had a bond with my grandma until she passed that I'll treasure to this day. Anyway, but also due to that, I got to discover God and Jesus. And I'd never even heard of them in my life. Like, who is God and Jesus? I'd never experienced anything like that. And my grandparents and my family is LDS. That's how I was raised was Mormon. And so that's what I was brought through. And I felt such for the first time in my life, my conscious life anyway, I felt safety and security and peace. And while I obviously, because you hear my trucker mouth, I don't subscribe to that paradigm anymore. The LDS paradigm. I am still grateful to anybody who practices that faith. And I never had anything but positive experiences with people in that faith. It's just some of the doctrine I don't consider all loving. And so I don't get down with that anymore. But the people as individuals, I have only had beautiful experiences. I only try to look for the good in any faith anyway. I don't think you measure any faith by the negative in it because people, there's polarity, right? There's good and bad in all things, in all situations. So when you are going to evaluate something, you always look for the best that it has. You compare it on the best. So in any religion, I look for the good people in that faith to evaluate, not the worst. At least that's how I view things. Anyway, 
So I had that beautiful experience of getting to experience God and feel his love and compassion and all that. And I felt safe for one of the first times in my life. And then um, we moved to uh, back to where it's uh, Salt Lake City. <laughs> we moved back to that area away from my grandparents because my mom went to school and became a teacher. And ironically, out and about one day, my parents ran into each other and developed, it was just like offhand, my parents ran into each other, my dad even had some new girlfriend with him, anyway, so they ran into each other and just started talking, and talking led to more, and more talking, and obviously these two are soulmates that have been with each other through college, there's love still there, my mom's very compassionate and soft-spoken, I always look at my mom like Snow White when I was growing up, she was the ultimate Disney princess, because my mom too was very calm, and loving, and kind, and compassionate, and very soft-spoken, and even as a child, I was like, fire and wild. I was super like, if you could just be in energy, it was fire and air and the air fueled that fire. So I, I was just like, how did I even come to be <laughs> in this family? Because my dad was calm until he got ill and my mom was super calm and I was just this raging inferno. Anyway, my parents communicate and communicate and they remarry. And as a child, I mean, I was happy because I loved my dad. I loved my mom. I wanted all good things for them. So they remarry and they end up having two more children. But in this, my I see, well, my dad's not healed. I thought he was healed because child naivete. I thought he was healed because he seemed different for a minute. But that was only a mask. And instead of abusing verbally and physically my mother, now it was turned towards me and my siblings. And it was very harsh. And I always felt trapped in my own home. Always. Oh, I never, ever, ever, ever felt safe. And so when you don't feel safe at home, where do you go for comfort? You go to people and habits that are not really aligned for your best interests that don't serve you. And that's what I did. That's when I started doing drugs. I probably started doing drugs around the age of 14, not 13. I remember being the first time I drank. I got suspended from school because I got so drunk and I was just felt so relieved. I felt just, is that weird to say? So relieved and so, because I was just so in, in so much pain, it just numbed that pain. It just numbed it. And I felt for the first time like, oh, like a sense of false relief. But once that <laughs> stuff wears off, as I would find out many, 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 many times on repeat, as soon as the high wears off, you are just like in a bigger pit. And so you got to bump, rebump or re-up as we'd say to get just a baseline again of shit. You know what I mean? You dig yourself even deeper and then baseline is still at a negative, but you got to have that. Otherwise you'll be at a total, like if instead of a negative one, you're like at a negative 50. And I perpetuated that cycle for many, many years of my life. Many, many years. If I just, as I've discussed with you before, so I would say that I was in like a drug-induced coma, everything. The only thing I didn't do 
was heroin, and that's because I saw it made people throw up, and I was like, eh, I'm not into that, and I don't fuck with needles because they scare me. But that doesn't mean I didn't hang out with people that did uh, engage in that, and that doesn't mean I didn't engage in risky behavior. I, if, if I... If my children did half the shit that I did when I was younger, I would just be mortified. It's a testament to God that I am even alive on this planet because many other people that had the experiences that I had that went and hung out and trusted the people that I did would be dead in a ditch somewhere. So it's a testament to God that I'm here. But everything's for my good, right? Everything is for my good. So fast forward to my... I don't know, let's say 18 or around that time. Let me see. I have to do the actual math. Actually, I was like 17, if you put it correctly. I get with a man who is 18 years my senior. And uh, that's how I look for a father figure. George Michael, hashtag <laughs> gross. And I look for that in someone else because obviously... I didn't have that stability. So I see now that that was me looking for that. And my dad gets diagnosed with cancer. And at the time, my parents have since divorced because my dad was so abusive that my mom was just like, I can't have this around my kids anymore. And my dad and her separate. Well, when my dad gets cancer, we all decide that uh, we would like to take care of him because he really doesn't have... He's only given like two months, two, not even a year, like two to six months, we'll say. So he's not given very long. And that's another area where I feel like everything's for me because one, I got to see the power of thought in an individual. My dad was like, well, not me. I'm not dying. I don't know who you're talking to, but it's not me. I'm, that's not going to happen for me. So I watched my dad for seven years, use the power of thought to be resilient. Things that he was told that he couldn't achieve, he achieved. Things that he was told were going to happen to him did not. But eventually, I think that he started to suffer doubt because his body did start to break down. And I'm sorry, but the beauty in all of this is that I had seven years to process this and experience forgiveness. And the cancer did a beautiful thing to my dad. It kind of quieted or suppressed his mental illness in a way I hadn't seen. And so he was more lucid to be able to share experiences with me and for me to discuss my thoughts with him. And I was able to talk to my dad about things that I'd never discussed with him before. And I think it's ironic because... My mom was so naive in life. She's, like I said, just snow white, so pure. And as I was going through this drug stuff, I would always pass it off as, oh, I just have the flu or I'm just this or that, you know, so that because I was such a fucking flake and I was always trying to ditch out and I was always just, you know, how drug addicts are. And uh, my dad would always be like, nah. That girl ain't sick. That girl ain't this. She's on drugs. And he knew because he'd been there. He'd been there. But through this, I got to experience a forgiveness that is indescribable. I knew that all of this, 
every experience I'd ever had, no matter how painful, was for my growth. And like I said, I chose it. And it couldn't have happened to anybody else because nobody would have been able to withstand it the way that I did. And I'm not saying that to say that I'm better because we all go through our own experiences that we think that we can't handle. I have several friends who've lost children and I'm in awe of them because I couldn't fathom that experience. But they're so powerful that only they would have been the souls to be able to handle that experience. They're the only ones strong enough, excuse me, to endure that. And so... That's a beautiful thing you need to think of when you're going through some shit. We're, the reason we're given stuff or we go through things is because we are strong enough to handle that. And we, when we come out on the other side, we are going to be so much more resilient and compassionate to others because we've had that experience. And that's exactly what it made me is more compassionate. I have such love and honor for people who have drug addictions. I have such love and honor for people who suffer from mental illness. I have such love and honor for people who experience um, domestic violence in their life. I have such love and honor for people who have gone through traumatic life situations and come out and rise above. I have such love and honor for people who go through traumatic life situations and can't seem to pull themselves out at the time, because I didn't think that I would ever pull myself out of that darkness, ever. I thought, this is the way it is. This is how it's going to be. I fucked up too much to start over, and that's just how it is. That's not true, beloved. It's so not true. You can do anything. You are so powerful. You have no idea. I have no idea. The access to the power, you know, I have no idea, you have no idea how much power we have access to. None whatsoever. You don't know until you're forced, forced to tap into it. That's why I'm so big on God being inside of us. He is the DNA that's in us. You can dispute him, but you cannot refute it. Because just like your father on this 3D realm... Your, his DNA is in you. God's DNA is in you. And you can deny it and you can not believe it and you can whatever, but that doesn't make it true. You are so powerful. You are here to experience joy and have it to abundance until it overflows. Overflows. Men are created that they might have joy. We're meant to experience joy and the true depth of joy is experiencing the opposite. Because if you never knew what pain and suffering were, you would never know the fullness of contentment or fulfillment. It would just be like mm, a low hum. But instead, you get to experience a myriad of notes in your life. Anyway, I just wanted to share a brief little bit on the power of thought in my life. I watched my dad, like I said, Power through, I saw a man whose thoughts created fear and how that impacted everyone around him and created everything around him in his reality. I took on those thoughts myself because I was a child and I created around me a world of fear and anxiety myself. But I know that you can create 
whatever you desire, because I dispelled that darkness as well. And I thought a new thing. That's what uh, scripture Isaiah, can you not see I'm doing a new thing? That's what that means. I'm thinking a new thing. I am thinking a new thing. I'm creating a new vibration out there. And my thoughts are going to become my words and my words are going to become my actions and my actions are going to create a new thing, a new groove in my neural pathway. And that didn't mean that I didn't have to go to therapy and it didn't mean that I didn't experience things that I had to overcome. And that's why I'm so big on coaching because coaching and therapy, actually coaching uh, powered me through in ways that therapy did not. Therapy helped me with the trauma in my body. Coaching shifted my mind completely like the course in miracles I don't know if you've ever read that the course in miracles the gist of that is that the miracle really is in an instant you can become someone new in an instant in an instant in an instant in an instant somebody that's smoking goes to a doctor gets told they have cancer in an instant they stop and never do it again I was that way I smoked for years and years and years and years and years and years up until almost last year honestly I smoked cigarettes every fucking day from the time I was 13. In an instant, you quit. In an instant, you do a new thing. In an instant, I quit doing drugs. In an instant, I thought a new thing. And you can too. But the first step in that is to see everything is for you. And we don't learn it in the middle of it sometimes. That's the hard shitty part. We learn it looking back. So look back. That's the journal on who am I ready to forgive? Look back, beloved. What experiences that you thought would break you down to your knees, that would make you into dust and you thought, uncle, please, I can't handle any more. How are those things for you? How is it for you? How did it make you stronger, more badass, more powerful, more compassionate, more nurturing, loving, all the things, all the things. And it's not like we learn that lesson and then boom, okay, I've learned this with my dad. Done. Check. No, I have to learn that in a myriad of ways. I'm learning of it again with some people in my intimate life and I will learn it and I will come out on the other side victorious and it'll pass. That's the beautiful thing about scripture too. And it came to pass. And if you're not a scripture lover, That's your business, but I love it because a scripture, whether you believe and you're a Christian that believes Jesus came to die for your sins, all that, or you're a person who believes that the Bible's fictitious and it's just a story of parables that represents individualized states of consciousness like Neville. Neville was like in the middle of that, honestly, Neville. That's why I'm more aligned with the Joseph Murphy side who, you know, I believe in Christ. Christ is my imagination. And through the Christ, all things are possible. I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. I'm thinking a new thought. I'm creating a new thing. All things are possible. And I know that because I've had to start over so many times. I am not even the same person I was before. I've gone on this rant before, but I don't care. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it until the day I leave this physical meat suit and I go be with the oneness that is eternal energy. I'm going to keep saying it because there's people out there, there's girls, there's boys, there's humans like me 
that needed this, that needed to know it was possible. And I hope that I do that for you in some way, because you sure do it for me. Everyone I interact does that for me. I love hearing your stories. I love interacting with people because you all show me what is possible. You, We all have pain. We all have traumatic experiences and it is how we perceive those and rise above or deal with those. It is fascinating to me and I see the beauty in every single one of us. I, and it just makes me see the beauty in God. So I'll let you go so I can go blow my nose. <laughs> but I love you. Oh, do I love you. And I want all good things for you. And you deserve to create a life of joy. You're meant for it. Anyway, beloved, have a beautiful week, whatever you define that to be. Remember, after every raid comes what? A rainbow. We're promised it. So look for your rainbow. Peace out. Thanks for kicking it with me. If you want, you can reach me by emailing me at katiethejoylady at gmail.com. Or you can check out my website at www.joyisyourbirthright.com. There, I always have four free intro sessions so we can pick at any limiting belief that you want and bring you some clarity so you can see what the power of coaching can do. So hit me up. Otherwise, have a beautiful, beautiful week. Peace out.